Mayor Weingarten, who is a dear friend who has been uh, at my side for, oh my gosh, he nor I wants to admit how long, uh, <laughs> over 30 years, and is an amazing contributor to the Nahum Single Network on a regular basis, obviously the most obvious one with the Israel show on Mondays at uh, 9 a.m., and who is uh, one of the great experts on what's happening in Israel. He is with us live via telephone. Mayor Weingarten, shalom, and welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you very much, Bokatov. Nice to speak with you. By the way, just uh, because it's the news that just came across, let me inform everybody that Prince Charles, who's 71 years old, now has coronavirus. So I guess one of the things we learned from this is that uh, no matter where you are in society, rich or poor, royalty or not, this thing does not discriminate. This thing does not uh, in any way play favorites. Uh, and I think that's one of the important lessons we should learn. By the way, you know, one of the things I wanted to discuss with you, let's do the technical first, then I'll tell you some of the, some of the questions that came up that I wanted to run by you. Uh, is, is there daylight saving time uh, tomorrow night for Israel or not? Yes. So that's it. This whole thing that they should delay it, which I thought was actually pretty logical. It, it just didn't happen? There weren't enough votes to make it happen? No, it wasn't a question of vote. It was actually a technical, uh, a technical issue. Uh, it turns out that there are so many pre-programmed, computerized things throughout the country in every realm of society and production and industry and army and so forth that are set to switch that the, the fear, and this was a security issue, the fear was that uh, some of those systems would not be able to be pre reprogrammed right. fast enough. <laughs> Actually, that's very smart. I wonder who the first one was to think of that. <laughs> yeah, the National Security Advisor, they say, was uh, was the one who actually put the, the, the kibosh on because everybody admitted that it was a good idea. Right, because one, one of the things that's most frustrating during those years when we were just getting used to the new, you know, calendar set up for daylight savings time. There'd be a couple of weeks where, you know, the device I was using insisted it was a certain time when I knew it was actually actually off by an hour. Right, right. So, and that can be very and, frustrating. And, and there's, there's another, on the other side, on the pro side of, of keeping uh, standard time, right. was that the, the difficulties that we're going to have this year with the Seder, at least it would have started earlier, right. an hour earlier, so to speak. Now it's going to start an hour later, which will make it even more difficult. Right. But, um, you know, when it comes to security issues... Uh, it is what it is. I, uh, I I thought of that. I, that was the first thing I thought of, that finally, you know, they got the – it used to be, of course, the Seder was always on standard time in Israel. Right. Uh, only in the last few years it became, uh, you know, uh, daylight saving time. So I was thinking, oh, boy, what a break. They could actually start the Seder at a normal time, you know. Right. But it didn't work out. Um, so I, I thought of you this morning. Um, the, the, I mean, look, I, I am running these things by you not to put you in a difficult position or to even get your opinion. I, I just, I just find it fascinating. Some of the issues that are coming up because of the coronavirus. So I just, you okay. know, I, I just wanted to, you know, sort of, you know, bounce them off of you and discuss them, but I am in no way <laughs> looking for you to, you know, uh, make a decision on something or anything like that. There has been, uh, a, apparently some Orthodox rabbis have said that Zoom could be used for the Pesach Seder. Again, I'm not endorsing this. I'm just saying it's interesting that they've come out with this because if no one touches their devices, it would be a way for the elderly to participate. And in the article, it says the rabbis who are Sephardic began, meaning began when, the, and by the way, this has been, I think they've already reneged because of the pressure from other rabbis, but this is what they said. 
The rabbis who are Sephardic began by noting that many Sephardic and North African rabbis had permitted the use of electricity on Jewish holidays, including the first Sephardic chief rabbi of Israel, Rabbi Benzion Meir Chai Uziel. You ever hear of him? <laughs> my my mother's grandfather. Oh, I thought it was your grandfather. It was your mother's grandfather. My mother's grandfather, my great-grandfather, Rabbi Uziel. I, I mentioned this morning that uh, you know we're going to ask you this because of the family connection. Yes. Thank you. I heard that, actually. Um, so, a couple of things. First of all, Ravuziel permitted turning on light on Yom Tov. He has a, a psakalacha. Uh, not turning them off, right. but turning them on. Right. Uh, because if, and, and, and again, uh, it, it could be that he misunderstood electricity and there is a claim that I've heard, and I don't know if it's true or not, that he, he retracted this Pakalacha and so forth. I don't know. All I know is there is such a Pakalacha in, uh, in writing. Right. And, um, and if you understand that electricity is like fire, and it's there as a result of that, it could be us on Shabbat, then it should be permissible on Yom Tov. I'm giving a very broad, this is not yeah. a halachic explanation, that's, whatever. But, that's what I said. But, we're, not hold, we're not holding you to anything in this conversation. Right, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a rabbi. I may play one on the radio, but I'm not, and so forth. So um, so that was his sakalach. Now, um, because it's like ma'avir age, right? Like you right. light one fire from another. Right. The, what I've seen so far about this uh this idea is not only Sardic rabbis, but that it's extremely, extremely uh, limited. Right. Only in dire situation where there's elderly people that are alone and 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 nobody can come and make a seder. People that can't make it on their own and right. so forth and so on. The, that was the situation. And then on top of that, you'd have to restrict yourself to make sure not to touch anything, not to you know there'd be. You know, guidelines that for a lot of families would be right. difficult to, to remember and difficult to implement. Right. Well, you know, probably the way to do it, if, if it would be permissible, would be to set up something, put it up on a shelf to tie up. So right. it's, and to, to set it, you know, you set your iPad, let's say, or your computer to go off at a certain time. Right. And that'll be so it's only on, you know, at the beginning of the hog, and then it goes off. Right. Unlike... Um, Unlike uh, those who are outside of Israel, in Israel the Chag is one day, right. so it's not you're not you know people might have a concern it's going to go off at three days and so forth. But worst case scenario at Matzei Chag, which would be on uh, Thursday night in Israel, uh, you would shut it off. Right. But I, All right, I don't you know. Right, I don't want to. I don't want to go into too many details about this. I don't want anyone to think we're actually endorsing this practice or giving practical advice on it. I just found it or interesting. Not, or not endorsing it. We're, we're, right. You know. I, I found it interesting that it's being discussed. Simple yeah. as that. For, for instance, I'll tell you, I found it interesting being discussed that, that someone in Israel brought up uh, having two others. Again, something that you know obviously is not going to happen, but I just found it interesting that this situation you know, caused someone to think about, you know what, maybe there's a halachic way to delay Pesach, which, again, I found interesting. I also found it interesting that there are people, supposedly, and I don't know what level, you know, of, of ritual observance they are at. I have no idea, you know, what, what camp these rabbis come from. I have no idea. But there was a discussion about eliminating Yom Tov Sheni outside of Israel because people are going to be quarantined, literally, 
with their families for 73 hours. And, you know, just as a chesed and a shasad chak like this, maybe we should, you know, allow people to at least, you know, connect with the rest of the world. Now, again, I'm not endorsing any of this. I'm not, we're not analyzing it. We're not giving tips on it. I just found it interesting that this coronavirus situation is opening up discussion on certain issues. The same way people are bringing up, you know, why don't the rabbis allow us to have a minion through Zoom? You know, I'm not saying right. I'm not saying we should. I'm just saying it's interesting that these issues are coming up. And these are challenging times for rabbis right. and leaders who uh, are called upon to lead. The uh, I was surprised because, I, I, as I say, I'm, I'm not a, a big London or whatever. I was surprised to learn that there is in in halacha, and again, not applicable Correct. unless the rabbis declare it for our time. Right, but. In, in the in the olden days, the rabbis had the ability to add another adar right. up until Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Right. For example, if the roads were washed out, right, and that would prohibit people from coming to Yerushalayim, or the bridges were washed out, and there was a, a, a concern that people would would get killed on the way to Yerushalayim, right. So they added an adar in order to give them time to repair the roads. So. Uh, it's not a, a totally out of the blue crazy idea, right? Yeah, it has a halachic precedent. That's yes. what that's what I find interesting. The uh, mayor Weingarten is with us live via telephone. Um, all right, so now, <laughs> now that we've covered some of the interesting questions that are coming up uh, because of this time uh, and the things that some of the rabbis have to consider, um, let's talk about uh, the political scene in Israel. We we suspected. I think I'm speaking for the majority of people. We suspected that this situation, as the you know statistics continue to come out of Israel, forget about you know statistics from around the world, which are devastating, but even just based on this in Israel, we we conjectured that that both uh, primary candidates for the office of prime minister would make a deal this week to just form a unity government, and in the spirit of unity, you know, knowing knowing that this is a time that the that both the residents of Israel and the Jewish people need to see some type of unified effort that they would make an agreement for a unity government. Are we anywhere close to that type of agreement? No, actually, breaking news, we are further than before the uh, wow. <laughs> wow. The Speaker of the Knesset. I, I, I didn't catch the top of the hour beginning of the news, but the Speaker of the Knesset, Yuli Edelstein, uh, resigned about an hour and a half ago. Um, and as, it's a it's a genius ploy. He was he was instructed by the high court to by the Supreme Court, excuse me, to um, to put, uh, get the Knesset together, convene the Knesset today, and force and allow a vote for a new speaker. Mm-hmm. Now that's a unbelievable invasion of the legislative branch by the judicial branch. Right. And almost unprecedented. Mm -hmm. And uh, Yuli Edelstein said, and Speaker of the Knesset, and remember, this is a very ideological person. This is a person who sat in in prison for years and years in in the former Soviet Union for his his ideology of Eretz Yisrael and his uh, wanting to go and make Aliyah and so forth. So he said, no, you don't have the right to tell me. I am the speaker of the elected body. And you, as the judicial judiciary, not a non-elected, appointed position, you have no right to enter my 
purview. Mm-hmm. And so... It's his jurisdiction. Yes. And so um, he said he's not going to do that. Then, of course, the left was saying, well, now, you know, he's, he's, he's anti-democratic. Right. Democracy in Israel is falling apart. <laughs> so let, let's get the judiciary to take over. Wow. That's democracy for you. So um, what, what ends up happening is, like I said, he was for, he was told by by the Supreme Court that he must on Thursday today. Um, I'm sorry, on Wednesday, uh, convene the Knesset. So what he did was a brilliant move. He sort of convened the Knesset. He got up, gave a speech, said, "I'm resigning," and the reason I'm resigning is because of this unprecedented invasion of the legislative legislative branch by the judiciary, and. And he closed the session and then closed the Knesset, physically locked the Knesset. The idea is that, according to the rules of the Knesset, he now has 48 hours until his resignation comes into, into a force. And that means it's on Friday. Fridays they don't sit, Saturday they don't sit, Sunday they don't sit. So, until, so he's now gained time until Monday. What, are they, what is he trying to do? Uh. The the blue and white party, Benny Gantz, you know, is the head of it, Yari Lapid, Bogi Yalon, Gabi Ashkenazi, all these people, these are the heads of the party. They want to pass a law that will make it uh, illegal for someone to run for prime minister who is currently um, under indictment. Uh, <laughs> under indictment, which is unbelievable. You talk about throwing out democracy, <laughs> throwing out the idea of innocent until proven guilty, and so forth. So they want to pass this law. How are they going to pass this law? They don't have nearly enough votes unless the 15 Arab uh, votes of that United Arab list join in, and, and then they have 61 together with Lieberman and so forth. So this blue and white party that swore up and down a million times before the elections that they will never base themselves on the United Arab parties and they won't make a coalition or an agreement or, or rely on them. Over and over, I can't tell you how many times it was promised. It just turned around after the elections, broke their promise, and um, said to the people who voted for them, well, we think this is the right way to do it. They already relied on the United Arab Party for uh, the, uh, came to the president and um, said we should you should um, give the job to Benny Gantz the job of uh, putting together the coalition so he now has the ball right and it's it's frustrating many Israelis now you have to understand this is not a racist issue or anything it, it, the, you have to understand that the United Arab Party is. In part, it's a coalition of several Arab parties, and part of those are virulently anti-Israel. They, they probably shouldn't have been running in the first place, should have been illegal, but the same high court uh, allowed them to run. People that, on, on, that have Knesset members whose hands the Blue and White Party are relying on to vote are people that have said that Hamas is legitimate, that—, that um, that terrorist activities against Jews in Yudan Shomron is a legitimate uh, uh, activity and a, a legitimate uh, violence. 
it's crazy that these people who don't believe in a Jewish state, who believe that the state of Israel should be a, uh, a one, one state with uh, relying on a majority rather than being a Jewish state, be a, a general secular state without any um, national identity. These are the people that they're relying on to vote in the Knesset and uh, against their own promise in addition to everything else. Will they, so, re- will they rely on them to form a government? They can't form a government otherwise. That's the funny thing. He has a mandate from the president to form a government, needing 61 votes. Right. But he doesn't have 61 votes. He, he got the mandate by having everybody in, in uh, the uh, Joint Arab Party to tell the president that they recommend him, but, they, but he won't go in with it. The, uh, they won't go in with him, probably. So, so I, I, okay, I misunderstood that. I thought he was asked because they thought the possibility of a unity government would be more likely if he would be leading the effort as opposed to Bibi leading the effort, but that has nothing to do with it. That has nothing to do with it, and the president doesn't have that kind. I, I right. mean, he might officially, but he usually doesn't have that kind of latitude. Right. Uh, all right, so there's no unity government. So we have to stick with all the unity that uh, that we have outside of the Israeli government. It's, yeah, it's getting worse. It's getting worse. It's, uh, today's events probably made it more difficult. Unbelievable. And I think the people in Israel are are so upset and so fed up. Obviously, everybody's fed up with the guy he doesn't like. But you know. Right. <laughs> a lot of finger pointing, I'm sure. Uh, and a tense time, a tense time globally and obviously a tense time in Israel. Mayor Weingarten is with us Wednesday morning, JM in the AM. Okay, so now my final piece of my discussion with you. I asked you off the air, and I rarely would ask you anything off the air. Usually these questions are uh, you know, tossed at you completely unprepared because I just think that uh, you know, you're know you qualified enough to do that, thank God. But in this, ca- in this case, in this case I, th- I thought I'd be a little bit more fair uh, to give you some time to think about it. Um, what pasuk? What pasuk? I said in Tehillim, but you indicated to me that you might turn to a pasuk that's not necessarily in Tehillim, uh, in Psalms. What pasuk would best represent the times that we are in right now? I have my own thoughts about this, but frankly, I'm more curious about what you have to say about this. Um, okay, before I give you the answer, yeah. so, I it is it's so important for me to mention that what you're doing during this difficult time is just beyond amazing. Your calming and soothing voice, which is part of so many, so many, so many people's daily routine, is probably one of the things in the daily routine that's the only thing that's still there. <laughs> and and it is so special and precious, and what you're doing with the voice, what you're doing with the time and the listener, to, to, to devote it the proper way to, to, to um, use it in a way that is both with Shem Shemayim and also helping people get through it such a difficult time is just, uh, you know, I, you know what I think of what you do. It, 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 it's a holy work of Odat Kodesh. This is just, uh, just shows how the support of what you've been doing all these years was always justified and, and especially justified now. Thank you very much, Mayor. I appreciate that. And back to uh, the Pasuk. Yeah. So um, I don't know that this is the best Pasuk to describe whatever, but it's something <laughs> that popped into my head. Let me hear. I'm very curious about this. <laughs> now, you, you know that in Hebrews, 
the, what when we talk about putting people in quarantine. Right. Uh, in Hebrew, it's bidud. Right. From badad would, alone. Would that Levad. would that be bet dalad vav dalad? No, bet dalad dalad. Oh, bet dalad dalad. Okay. And there were pictures being shown from all over the world of the biggest city, New York City, Times Square. Who knows how many hundreds of thousands of people? Empty, empty. Center of Europe, all the city centers, empty, empty. And I thought they're empty because everybody's sitting alone. The cities, now this is a medrash. This is medrash to Rabbi Meir. This is not pshad. Pshad, but it hit me. Everyone is sitting badad. Everyone's alone, and the city is empty, empty. All these cities, the biggest cities in the world. And then I thought, from, I like to think, from a historic perspective, that pasuk was said by Yirmiyahu as the Bet HaMikdash was being destroyed and the city that he was talking about, Yerushalayim, the center of the world, is now bereft of its children. Every, all the people of Israel the nation of Israel, the, the Malchut, the, the, the kingdom, all destroyed, exiled, just decimated. And the, the, the horrible scenes that we, we know about that happened when we, were, when we were decimated, when the Mikdash was destroyed, when the Babylonians exiled our people and basically took apart the first state of Israel, were harrowing scenes, like Holocaust scenes that yeah. we know. Yeah. And now, on the other hand, we are at a time where the state of Israel is strong. It leads the world in, in what to do, both technologically and, and, and by example. And we, all of us, the Jewish people, have not devastation, but just the opposite. We are, Baruch Hashem, in a situation so much more different than what it was in the original Echayash Rabbadad. So that's what I was thinking about. And so when you ask me about a pasuk, that's the first thing that came to my mind. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, as usual. And I thank, thank you, you for that. By the way, I, I want to share with you a thought that I said on the air about two hours ago during bonus JM, um, before JMDM actually started. Yeah. Be- because yeah you're, you're, by the way, you getting up at 5 in the morning to do JMDM <laughs> is like, it's like going to Hashkama Minion during the summer. <laughs> you know, the only thing that bothers me about it, frankly, is it seems everybody I know is really, really sleeping much later than usual these days. Well, right. That's what I mean. It's like going to Hashkama Minion during the summer. You have a long day where there's not much you can really do. You can't, can't go to work, whatever, and you're going to Hashkama Minion. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so what I, what I said was it hit me. It hit me, and I'm going to share this a million times with all with all my guests over the next couple of weeks, because I want there to be you know a focus on some hope. Uh, it hit me that um, obviously everyone, everyone, in my opinion, everyone is going to go through some level of loneliness this Pesach. Obviously, those who are alone, that's quite obvious. But even even for families, there are going to be people missing from the seder they would normally would have with them, and they'll you know be pining for the days when everyone could be together. Those who, frankly, go to Pesach programs and are and love the fact that they're part of a group of 500 people, you know, obviously, obviously miss that. And, you know, take it to whatever degree you want. Everyone is going to be experiencing loneliness this Pesach. And as we know, in Chutz Laaretz, I think we can make the same argument 
in Israel, but right now we'll use the example of Chutzlaretz. In Chutzlaretz, outside of Israel, um, we have a three-day yontif. We have a uh, Thursday-Friday yontif that goes into Shabbos, so it's a two-day yontif plus Shabbos, and then and the expression is three-day yontif. Some people in my audience don't like that expression, but whatever. For now, for now, I'm using it. I get into trouble for everything there. What can I tell you? <laughs> well, you know, that, that unfortunately, people seem to have too much time on their hands. <laughs> no, that's, I sit, get it. I get, I get it. And criticize you right, during but, these trying but, times. But people people feel that it, it minimizes Shabbos when you say three-day yontif, when really okay. Shabbos. Okay. Whatever it is. Okay. It is. okay. So, so we're going to use that expression. And why are we doing this? What what is one of the re- obviously we're doing this for our health and we're doing this to save the world, please God, you know, all of us together. But why are we you know, what's in our mind as we do this? What's in our mind is if we do this now, then please God, next year Pesach, you know, those of us who travel will be with the group that we're with. And those of us who invite relatives will have thirty people at the Seder. And those, you know, we want we we're we're doing this so that next year we could all be together. And, 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 as it says. and next year, being together would be the complete opposite of what we're going through right now. And if you look at the calendar, next year it's the exact opposite. It's Shabbos and then Yantif. We have we have mm. we have Shabbos Erev Pesach, and then outside of Israel, a two day Yantif, which means even on the calendar, when you get to March twenty sixth of twenty twenty one, or actually more accurately, Erev Pesach would be. Shabbos, March 27th of 2021, it is the exact opposite of this year because this year it's Yuntif into Shabbos. So my blessing to everybody is that all of us should make it through this. <laughs> we should make it through this. And it does seem, based on the rabbinic response, that we are going to have a full three days outside of Israel, <laughs> probably without Zoom and probably without eliminating Yuntif Shani, etc., which, of course, we respect all rabbinic decisions. But once we make it through this, please, God, with everybody uh, in this state of loneliness, to whatever degree they are, hopefully next year we will have the exact opposite and we will have a tremendous appreciation for being with the people who we want to be with during the holiday of Pesach. A good thought for Erev Rosh Chodesh Nisan, I think. That uh, uh, idea that you just uh, noticed on the calendar with that it's the opposite is brilliant. I appreciate that. That is really a uh, wow. Uh, thought. So let's ho- let's hope it's exactly the opposite. And by the way, it, 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 it sort of works for Israel as well because this year it is Yantif Cholamoid into Shabbos, and next year it's Shabbos into Yantif. So again, it's not as drastic because of the direct opposite, but it's again right. calendarically, you know, completely different. Just the, re- the reverse yeah. calendarically. Right. Mayor, I I, can, I could speak to you all morning, as you know. Thank you so much. And to keep 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 those psukim going, we haven't even discussed the psukim I wanted to cite, <laughs> frankly. Yeah, I I, I may I may just give you a couple of psukim off the air for you okay. for you to then analyze and go into depth for us because you know me I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do it on the surface in a very shallow way, but you you can oh, you can, you could give us great insight and, and you know that I'm right, Mayor Tadaraba. We'll, we'll get Lior on the, on it. You think Dr. Lior Gottlieb is, is necessary now? You think we have to go to that level to bring him in on this? <laughs> I mean, you know, these are trying times. These, these are trying to, this is These are desperate times, Mayor. Desperate times, that's what I'm we, we, for. Thank you. We may have to bring in a real expert, huh? Chazak, chazak ve'emat, and kel narefanala, rufa'inu Hashem v'nei rufa'inu. Amen, tadarabah, Mayor Weingarten. He's amazing, and I 
I'm glad he is with us for all these years, and I'm glad he's my friend, frankly. 